I wanted to, to tell you this. Um, next week, um, I start a series on blessed life and giving, followed by financial stewardship. The reason is, is I want you to have God's perspective on, on what giving is, because we live in a society where um, if I figure out this, uh, you know, we just, money just tends to burn out of our wallet. We, it tends to go up in smoke, and we, we don't know where it, <laughs> where it happens or how it happens or all of that. So, I, I, you know, I want to show you how you can be prosperous without any gimmicks, without any uh, craziness, or without any emotional hype. And it's okay to have emotions, but to know, you know what, this is what God says. I'm cool with that. And you can do just what he says and watch how he'll prosper you. So I wanted to, before I start today, I wanted to, to read you some things that uh, you will never hear dad say. Things that you'll never hear dad say. I don't care how late you stay out, stay out as late as you want. <laughs> you want to borrow my new car? You need my credit card? And this is while you're driving. I have no idea where we are or where we're going. I'm totally lost. You won't hear dad say that. (laughs) How about this? If you're a teenager, you won't hear dad say this. How come you don't have a tattoo yet? Where are your piercings? How about this to the wife? You won't hear dad say this. Do whatever the mechanic says to do. Pay him whatever he wants. If you need blinker fluid, go ahead and pay for that. Uh, how about this? I like that boy. You should date him. You should date him immediately. <laughs> Make sure you get all your video games done before you do your homework. Hey, I'm on the phone. Could you bring the baby over and let him climb all over me? <laughs> Could you please turn that music up? <laughs> hey, you're 16. You pretty much know everything. Could you leave the front door open for several hours? And before you leave, could you make sure every light in the house is on? Things you'll never hear dad say. <clears throat> anyway, we're going to talk this morning. This is the last in the series, Authority Plugged In. And so we're going to pinpoint that. And then, like I said, next week we're going to talk about just being uh, financially blessed and what God says about that. So I, I want to welcome everybody here today. Say this with me. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I receive and do his word. And have good success. Amen. Thank you so much. Um, say, you know, uh, you, you walk everywhere you go. But, and you want a car. So you save and you buy a car. Now, this is becoming a reality in my house. Because Maddie's the only one left. Uh, as far as the, the kids go. And she got a job. She works at Myers, And so I'm opening a savings account. And she's going to start putting money in there. Because she's going to want to buy a car. Because dad is not going to take her everywhere she goes. So anyway, so you want to you want to save her a car and then you get one. It has gas and you're ready to go, but nothing happens. You can sit in your car and it looks good. It's got gas, but it won't go anywhere unless you do certain things. And people kind of have this idea in the body of Christ. We know the promises, God says, are yes and amen to all of us. All right. And we have Uh, they have all of our answers. How many knows that God's word has your answer? God has what you need, and so sometimes we're like, we need this, but what we really need is more of God. And if we have more of God, then we get the answers to what this is. So anyway, as we're following after God, we want the things to work. We want all of those things. We want that car to move, but we can sit in it and look good, but if we never go anywhere, it just becomes 
an object that we sit in and we can't really use it to its potential. So anyway, stuff isn't happening. Have you ever felt like that? You, 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 you're going somewhere, but you're really not going anywhere. And it just isn't happening the way that you want. And so um, my father-in-law talked a little bit about this Saturday morning in the devotion before prayer. And so right on point with where I'm going to go today. Because we, when we get in that car, it should work. All the signs say it should work. We want it to work, but something is causing it not to work. Something is not engaging for it not to move. And so I'm, I'm trying to paint a picture for you. And if we don't have the key to the car, the car's not going to go anywhere. I, you know, it could look great, and you look great in it, but if you don't have the key, you're not moving. You can't put it in, in gear. The, the engine won't start. And so that's what it is today for many believers. We've not found the key. And so the key to release what they have in the kingdom, they, they understand about the car, but it just doesn't happen for them. So their mindset doesn't have that key. Matthew 16, 19 says this. <coughs> Excuse me. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. Whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Charles talked about binding and loosing. So I already had this done before he ever did the study on on saturday so what is the key so we need to understand what the key is so that we can get things to move authority this is our first thought today is the key authority is the key the authority of the kingdom of heaven so the key of the car means i have the authority to engage the starter and the engine to start the car right all right jesus says whatever you say or do in heaven you know what you're saying here heaven is backing you up so whatever you are saying and whatever i'm binding whatever i'm i'm holding on to whatever i'm letting go whatever i'm freeing heaven is there to back us up authority is the key you have the authority so i'm going to ask you again does god have the authority or do you have the authority of course i didn't ask you the first time so it's kind of a trick question but Actually, it is God's authority, but he has given that to you. So you have the authority. It's interesting that we don't find Jesus begging God to do anything. The Bible says he spoke as someone who was with what? Authority. So we're finishing this series up just to try to, I'm just trying to get us to understand that we can make things, we can make the enemy give up what's yours. Wouldn't you like that? Wouldn't you like to say, you know what, that's mine. You put that down. You can make the enemy get his hands off stuff that God has put in charge of your dimension there. So, is faith the key? Faith is not the key. Faith is the title, listen to what I'm saying, and it gives you the right to use the key. We've got the faith. When you got born again, God gave you a measure of faith. That is the title now for you to use the key the key is the authority. Faith gives you that title, gives you the right to say, yep, I've got a covenant relationship here. I can use this now because God has given that relationship to me. Are we on the same page? So I'm trying to get us to see this. So because everybody, what happens in church is we, we, we walk by faith and we should, but we're thinking that faith just, you know, but faith alone isn't going to get the job done. You've got to have more than faith. Faith without works is dead, the Bible says. So we have to understand that the authority of using 
that key to get your faith to be released and move. Authority is the key. Faith is being in agreement with heaven. That's what faith is. It is just being fully persuaded at what heaven says. My wife is like, she'll say, I need a word from God because you know why? That word from God, she will be fully persuaded. You don't have to convince her because if she can go back, she's marked in her Bible. Or if the Lord's told her something or told me something and we both like, wow, that's good. It witnesses with your inner spirit, that God connection, because when you got born again, again, now you're connected and you have the measure of faith because God gave that to you. That connection now is become, wow, now and then you, woo, and you see things now. So when that happens, then now you can be fully persuaded because that's what faith is. God, you say it, that's all. How many knows if God says it, it doesn't matter if you don't agree with it or not, God still said it. So it's still his word, so, and that's how we defeat the enemy. But most believers, or many believers, walk around without what we're teaching today. They just kind of think, they just handle everything willy-nilly. We're just going to do this, but actually, faith is awesome, but faith has to have that authority key. It has to have that authority key. Romans 10.10 says this, For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God openly declaring your faith that you are saved remember what we said we believe in our heart confess with our mouth and do not doubt so the part of that is talking about faith it becomes legal now for god to act on because if you accept christ by faith now it becomes legal now god has jurisdiction he has authority in your life that is yours to use So then the next part of that goes past what we believe, and it's where heaven is looking up to what we are saying. And this is something the Lord showed me. He said, so a lot of things aren't happening because we just, we don't talk about it. We don't don't exercise our authority. We don't exercise the key and the ignition. We have a sharp car. You know, and I'm not just talking about a car, I'm talking you know, for you just to think about. We have the vehicle that you need, but we're not exercising the ignition. We're waiting on God to turn the key. And God is saying, I've already, I've done all I'm doing. This is, it it has always been a two-part job here. God's done his part. He's waiting on you to do yours. So there are two parts to release. I mean, we can, we have the kingdom. We can celebrate the car. We can celebrate the promises, but somebody's got to turn the key. Somebody's got to turn the ignition on. Somebody's got to ignite all those other parts in the car to work. Somebody has got to play dominoes here. One starts the other. The other starts this. This starts that. So there's two parts to this release. There's faith. You're being in agreement and believing heaven and being in agreement with what God says. And then there's second. There's saying. Again, remember, this is a covenant of saying. They're saying and releasing what you believe. Two parts. I'm in agreement with what God says. That's God's will. That's what it is. I'm fully persuaded. What what God says, I agree with that. Now, my part is to turn the key. My part is to say. My part is to say what heaven is saying. And then when we say that, heaven is waiting to back that up. The Bible says life and death are in your mouth. Mark 11, 23 through 24 says this i tell you the truth you can say to this mountain who's talking to the mountain what's it say 
Now, it's in red, so you know Jesus is saying this, but it, it's saying you can say. I just talked to somebody the other day and said, problem is what we're doing, and I, I said this last week. When we pray, we're saying, God, I need you to do this. So, in other words, we're going to tell our mountain, or we're, going to, we're telling God about how big our mountain is, and God is saying, why don't you tell your mountain about how big I am? That's what God is trying to get you here. He's trying to get you to say by the authority, by the key to release your faith. May you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it, and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. And again, talk, confess with our mouth, believe in our heart. Do not doubt. All right. You can pray for anything. And, and if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. It's not if I believe it. It's if you believe it. I mean, when my mountain is my mountain, your mountain is your mountain. This is what he's talking about. It will be done for who? It says it will be done for you. Who will have them, God or you? God is telling you, you will have them. What you are believing for, you will receive. Why? Because you have the authority. When our heart is convinced and we don't doubt and we are fully persuaded and we speak to that mountain, things happen. You're releasing heaven's authority. If we don't, even though we have the legal right, we don't get backed up because we haven't released it. We haven't said. We haven't turned the key. If we don't loosen bind, heaven can't back you up. Charles told a story Saturday of all, of all you know, it sounds kind of silly, but they just had a, a bird that decided he would just sit on their car and make art designs of black and white and they were constantly spraying the car off not once a day but several times a day and finally they had had enough have you ever had enough and so he said to uh, my mother-in-law he said let's let's agree together and bind this bird now to us that might be that's about stupid but the bird has yet to poop back on their car again I don't know how you bind bird poo-poo, but they did. The bird won't even go on the car now. So what I'm saying is there, there is something to be said, obviously, about the word of God. They wished that would stop happening. They're both believers, and for I don't know how long, the bird still said, look at me, I'm Picasso. Until they, again, think about this, they turned the key. They said, we're done with this. This has got to stop. When will we understand that even though in that is simple and that might not seem like a surmountable mountain, think of the authority that you have that God could take and back you up with. When you believe and you confess and you do not doubt and you release your faith, you have just turned the key. That's how Kim and I do everything. god's government it's his kingdom faith puts you in position to legally exercise your authority because when you're in faith you are in the will of god you are fully persuaded to do what god says so then now i'm in perfect position to turn the key isn't that amazing matthew 8 5 through 10 jesus returned to capernaum a roman officer came and 
and pleaded with him, Lord, my young servant lies in bed, paralyzed, terrible pain. Jesus said, I'll come and heal him. The officer said, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come into my home. Just say the word from where you are. My servant will be healed. I know this because I'm under authority of my superior officers and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say go and they go come and they come. If I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Turning to those who were following him, he said, I tell you the truth, I haven't seen faith like this in all Israel. So here's our second thought, because this guy has figured this out because of authority, he's figured out what the key is. You don't have to come here. Just tell me. You, if you give the word, I believe it's just, that's all you need to do. So here's our second thought. You're either in or out. Now, I know that you're going to say, Brett, that's kind of hard. Hang with me for a minute. But you're really either in faith or you're not in faith. There's not a whole lot of gray area there. And that doesn't mean that you're in sin if you're not in faith. It just means sometimes we just need to, to help our unbelief. Come on. We're all human. We know sometimes it's just you're getting pounded and you're like, I want to be in faith. And you see somebody that just seems like they're taking it in stride. You're like... Ah, I wish I had their faith. But faith is agreement. So either you're in agreement or you're not in agreement with heaven. So we, again, we're either in or we're out. Jesus is talking about what most would want. They would say, Jesus has got to, he's got to lay hands on me. He's got to come. Have you ever been, uh, there's been some great people that have, went around through the time of my life and and even before that god used mightily in healings or whatever and there would be people that though you know so-and-so has to lay hands on me or she has to lay you know and to pray and i need that anointing from her you know Catherine coleman or oral roberts or benny hen or whatever even people can have all these ideas oh i need that person well that's what you know wouldn't this person say if jesus doesn't come i don't i don't really believe it's going to happen this guy said all you have to do is say it Most Christians have that mindset. I had to ask God about this because most of us have that mindset. God, if, if, it's not, if, if, if you don't personally come, then it just can't happen. They want Jesus to show up in your bedroom. I was, I was afraid of that kind of stuff. But, you know, they, we want, and I don't know if we really want, well, sometimes you ever think if we got what we really wanted, we, I don't know, might kind of freak us out a little bit. But see, this guy understands kingdom authority, and he says, all you have to do is say this. I was at a conference not long ago, and, and basically, this is what Pastor Gary said. He said, we're, I want you to come up for prayer, and Drenda and I are going to come, and we're going to pray. And he said, but I have taken time, and I have prayed over these that are praying for you as well. They are carrying the same anointing. So if I make it to you, great. If I don't, don't worry about it. They have the same anointing. They can pray, and God can answer them as sure as he can answer me. What is he doing? He's showing you what I'm telling you today. Jesus was saying, this guy has great faith. So, Brett, what are you trying to tell me? God will show up. Jesus will show up. You know what he's going to look like? You. He's going to show up in the form of you. When your kid's got a fever, you be Jesus. God, I'm going to use the authority you've given me by your stripes here. My child is healed. 
You do what God has called you to do. You pray for your family. You speak to the mountain. You do what God has called you to do. Mal just told me a story of a, a, a guy that's, you know, if we could get him to come, maybe we will sometime if we can figure it out. But basically, you know, it was a rough dude in a McDonald's and he ended up buying his food and the guy's almost like going to rumble with him. And he noticed the guy had a hip out of place or he's walking with a limp. And so the guy's like, what do you want? And, and this uh, Christian evangelist guy says, I don't want anything, man. I don't want anything. I just wanted to let you know God loves you and I'd love to pray for your hip. And so somehow this rough dude lets this guy pray for him. And this is what he says, because God instantly heals his hip. Now, you got to start asking, you know, she's telling me the story. It's not by just coincidence. She's telling me the story because this guy's figured out the key. He's figured out authority. Isn't that what we're supposed to do? Come on. Aren't we as believers supposed to be people that are representing Christ? That we walk around and if somebody is sick and God says, hey, go pray for them. I should stop. Well, come on, somebody. I should stop what I'm doing and go over and say, hey, listen, I just want to tell you God loves you. Could, could I pray for you? You know, I've done that at Cedar Point. I've prayed for a little boy that was hurt. God healed him. I, I mean, I, it's amazing if we will take the authority and turn the key. Jesus heals this dude in a McDonald's parking lot. And this is what the guy says. What are you? And he said, I'm just a Christian. And this is, this is sad, but this is what the guy says. No, you ain't. I know a lot of Christians, and they ain't you. You, Jesus. That's what the guy says. You, Jesus. Isn't that our goal? God, let me be Jesus for them. Now, I'm not going to take the, I mean, I'll use the authority that it's God given, and I'm going to point them to him. But when are we going to start being the church? Since our next thought, it's delegated authority. Jesus spoke and released authority, and the manservant was healed within the very hour. It's delegated authority. God's power always flows through authority. Most Christians pray for more power, and they don't see anything happening. They want power. and Listen to me. Listen to me. Their eyes are focused on the wrong thing. We're focused on the power. That's not what's happening. The power is just a a byproduct of authority. The conduit for power is authority. We think we need more power, more anointing. No. The Bible says we can bind on earth what's bound in heaven, loose on earth and loosed in heaven. What we need is to exercise our authority. We have all the power we would ever need because all of heaven is backing us up. Most of us just don't know how to release authority. We are not confident in who we are. We're not confident in what maybe that Christ did or that he would do it. Oh, he'll do it for pastor, but he wouldn't do it for me. Where does it say that? It doesn't say that there. It says God has no respect of persons. If he'll do it for me, he'll do it for you. Jesus said you can even do greater things than you saw me doing. See, we are in authority, under authority. In authority, under authority. We have a a body of 
church people that are saying, I'm waiting on God, I'm waiting on God. And there are times that you can wait, so please don't misquote me. There are times that you need to stand. You've done everything you can do. You've taken authority, you've declared, and God is saying stand. And, and you know, that's, I understand that. But so many times, we just don't want to exercise the authority. God is holding everything together by his authority. His power thr- flows through his authority. He released that authority by his word. He created the words by his word, the authority. Let there be light. Boom, light. God is an amazing, you know, he can do anything. And he has given and delegated authority for you to reign and rule and be who he wants you to be so that you can be blessed to show people that Jesus is real. You can pray for people and watch God heal them. You should see yourself doing that. Here's our last thought. Unless you're submitted to authority, you have no authority. Unless you're submitted to authority, you have no authority. Saul, in 1 Samuel 15, he was given instructions to, uh, of exactly what to do. He didn't uh, do exactly what he was told. He was told to spare nothing, but he did according to what he thought. Have you ever did that? I've done that. Maybe I didn't listen to God fully. I just got what I needed. That's all I need, and I'm going to do what I think. Obedience acknowledges authority while sacrifice can still be self-motivated obedience acknowledges authority sacrifice can be self-motivated so we have to kind of keep a balance on that we got people running around doing things for god but they're actually outside of any authority it's really not popular to be under authority in our country is it We don't like to have anybody tell us what to do. We've had people say, I don't like anybody telling me what to do. And as soon as you tell them what to do, they'll do just the opposite. People don't want to be submitted. Honor and respect isn't in our homes, let alone our country many times, or our nation, or our government, or our churches. It just, I'm sorry, but it just chaps my hide when athletes don't want to stand for the national anthem or... That just, I, I just don't get it. I'm sorry. I, I, I have trouble with that because I'm like, you're living in a free country because people literally gave their lives. You could honor and respect that because this country was founded on godly principles. I mean, oh my. When a policeman says, stop in the name of the law. What do we do? You stop, you recognize the authority. If you say, oh, what the heck, let him give me a ticket. Who cares? If he can catch me, you're not under authority and you're not submitted to authority. Obedience acknowledges authority. We've taught our children, you know, when they went to uh, Christian school at different times or when they're with other people, we just said, you know, you you answer yes, sir, yes, ma'am, no, sir, no, ma'am. We, you know... Authority, those that are in authority over you, you treat them with respect, you honor them, because here's what, the, this is how it would go down. You don't there, you'll get it there, you'll get it again, because when I get a hold of you, you'll get it twice. And they would always be good. My kids were wonderful at that, but they saw that in their mother. They saw respect and honor, they, and that's what we instilled in them. Jesus said this, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments, you'll do what I say. It's not really a gray area here. 
It's a matter of authority. Saul was told by Samuel that since you won't obey the Lord by recognition, you won't have authority of being king. So if you don't submit to authority, you're kind of a rebel. And rebels will be broken. I mean, just think about it. If, we, if you're like, I don't, I'm not going to obey the law, sooner or later, the prison are full of people that didn't want to obey the law. So we have to submit to authority. Bottom line is this. Who is your authority? Many people have Jesus. They say he's my savior, but he's not my Lord. They don't say that, but in essence, that's what, it, you know, they, they want to get saved. They want to take it into heaven. They just don't want to do anything else past that. There used to be that saying, he's either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. We have to understand authority. We have to understand why things happen the way they do and, and how we can really take charge of some things and just take the authority over those. And you might say, Brett, you don't even understand. This, this wall is like, I mean, maybe this wall is 25 feet. I can't see the end of this wall. It doesn't matter what you can see. And it matters who you're submitted to and the authority that you carry and what you release. Parents, listen, children, teach them to respect authority in your home. Submit to God. Now, you can't, you can't do what I say, but don't do what I do. You can't do that because kids catch that real quick. So you've you got to stay consistent. Doesn't mean you have to be perfect. I mean, I've had to apologize to my kids. Dad did this wrong. I should, you know, this is, that's no fun, but they need to see that. If we are really submitted to God, the enemy has to flee. My wife had told me a story just the other day in one of our devotions how <clears throat> a pastor's wife, there was a, a lady and she just was just witchcraft all over her. And she thought, you know what? I'll just, but she wasn't full of the authority of God, full of the word, didn't have the key. She just thought, ah, it's kind of like going, I'm going to go play tackle football Everybody else has got equipment on but me. Now, it's one thing to play backyard football, but if we're all in pads, everybody ought to be in pads because that's going to hurt. So she went out and tried to rebuke this lady, and the lady beat her up with a stick with her cane. And, and the reason, not permanent, but the reason was because she wasn't turning the key. You see, just because you go to McDonald's doesn't make you a Big Mac. You've got to have something on the inside. You've got to fill that, that inside of you with, man, like, like Kim said, you know, Charles's Bible is really worn. I've, I've got two or three Bibles, and I've got notes through all of them, uh, probably more than two or three. But, I mean, what I do, I do love that about his Bible. There'll be little pieces of napkin in his Bible where he's obviously somewhere he was at breakfast at his house, and, he, oh, that's a good spot, and stick that little napkin in there. Wouldn't be surprised to find a toothpick or something in there. Whatever's going to hold that spot. Because he wants to get that in him. And I'm not, you know, I'm just, he's, he's a great dad. I, I don't want to embarrass him. I'm just saying, this is an amazing thing. We need to understand. Got to have that inside us. You know, the road to Damascus. You remember Saul was Paul. And then on the road to Damascus, you know, you know, the angel paparazzi. Poof, there you go. And then, and then this is Paul, or you know, or can't see. And he sends him to a guy named Ananias. 
this guy's pretty well unknown. Why would God send Paul to an unknown to get healed after being blinded? Now listen to what I'm trying to tell you. Because Paul would have to submit to the authority in the man, not the man. Listen to what I'm saying. The authority in him. Because there's going to be things that will come up and you'll be like, "Mm, I don't think so. I don't, this person, mm -mm." but there's something in them that God has put in there. When you see a policeman, you see the badge, the authority in the person more than the person. There's more people that back up the badge than just the person. You can see Barney Fife doing that. You see this badge? You know, you can just, you can see all that going on because there's, there is a whole onslaught of, of delegated authority believing in that purpose than just the person wearing that. So when that police officer comes up and says, stop in the name of the law, it's not just him that's saying stop. It is the whole system of law enforcement that's saying, you better stop. When we have kingdom authority and we turn that key, heaven is saying, okay, roll them. This is what Brett needs, action. And then things start moving, whether it's me or you or or whoever. Don't let anybody persuade you to step out of God's authority. The Bible says it will not go well with you. Think about that. It's not good. Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. But who are you? You know what happens with that is false humility and pride. You ever have people that are uber spiritual, but they're really not spiritual at all? They just put on the fact that they're spiritual. You know, there's sometimes people, I've, I had 42 dreams last night. It's okay to have dreams, and God can tell you things through dreams. But if you have to tell everybody how uber spiritual you are and how how all of that can i just listen to me listen please don't be offended but listen to me it's not the whistle that pulls the train the whistle just makes noise you got to have something in the engine and can i say that most people that are very in tune with god they don't have to tell anybody it just it's pretty evident things just happen they pray things happen when they walk people are like man i just did god boy i heard oh yeah whether it's a man or woman, people that just need to be close to God. There are people that they don't mind submitting until it's uncomfortable, until it doesn't go the way they like, or they don't think it should be run this way. The Bible tells us to submit to those in authority, and if we don't, we separate ourselves from the head. And Jesus said we can do nothing without him. So we have to stay submitted There's so many things. I'm about to finish this up. But, you know, even when it comes to communion, there's an order in communion. When we do communion, people say, well, you always, you know, you say this and you say that. Because the Bible's very specific. It talks about you don't have to be a member of a church, but you do have to be a member of the body of Christ. In other words, you've had to say, Jesus, I, need, I want you as my Lord. Now we have that measure of faith. We have that key. And that's where communion starts coming in. And the Bible says if we don't take that seriously, then we, we eat and drink judgment on ourselves. And it says that's why some are asleep or dead. 
Now, you can say however you want. I don't care what version you have. I think I'd rather just be an authority. I don't want to take things for granted that are spiritual things. I want to do what God wants me to do, and I want to do it in understanding all for the further of the kingdom. This is not a self-motivated plan so that I could lift myself up or you could lift yourself up. This is all about submitting under delegated authority to have authority to further the kingdom of God so that none should perish. You need to say amen to that. Because our goal is to get God's kingdom into as many people as we can. And the thing about the dude at McDonald's, he didn't beat him over the head with a Bible. He didn't say you're going to burn in hell, John three sixteen, And he didn't say that. You know what he said? I just want to pray for you. Because he met him at the point of his need. And his need was, I need something better than what he's got. Because he's miserable. That's why he's all mad. That's why he's all like, you know, got his swag on or whatever that means. And he's all up in his hipster mode or whatever that means. But he's all being jacked up, whatever that means. But one thing this means is like something's wrong with his hip. And so this guy's name is Todd White. So wherever Mal found it, you could look him up. This guy's got dreads and everything. He's like, dude, I just want to pray for you. So whatever, he prays for the guy. God puts his either hip back in socket or heals him. The guy's like, Superman. He doesn't say that, but he's saying, you Jesus. Why? And all this is what this isn't Todd say so I can be somebody. This is him saying so you can be God can be real to you. That's what you needed. That's what he did. Why? Because that person that was walking in delegated authority was just like what you read. Let me. I know my God. He wants that hip healed. Can I pray for you? And it changes. Somebody hit the ignition switch. Somebody turned it on. You can turn it on too. God wants to do so much through you. And he wants his kingdom advancing. Marion needs kingdom advancers. And I'm looking at a bunch of them. Would you bow your heads please?